Welcome to Musings with Marlo. I'm a woman of a particular age navigating through life in what we know as the second act. Ladies and gentlemen, it's about to get real. If I can sum things up in what this journey has been for me, I would say it just like this. What? Nobody told me. <laughs> Therefore, I'm going to tell you. I'll share my stories, my experiences, my resources, and hopefully some wisdom. I'm Marlo, so have a seat and let's get started with today's musing. Hello, hello, hello. It's been a while. Welcome to Musings with Marlo. Today's topic, how do we deal with the exes? And I'm not speaking so much about how do we deal with our own exes, but how do we deal with the exes of our of of our current boo? So for example, I have a boyfriend. How do I deal with his ex? And how does he deal with my ex? And um, the one disclaimer I'm going to say right off the bat, I'm really speaking about relationships in which um, the folks are relatively normal, <laughs> meaning there's no substance abuse involved. There's no physical abuse involved. Um, no erotic behavior. I don't have any experience with that, so I can't speak to it. I suspect everybody's circumstance is going to be different. Even in a normal situation, what works for me doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work for someone else. So I'm speaking from my experience and how I deal with my boyfriend's ex. And I hate to use the word boyfriend at my age. I feel like it's so juvenile, but, and how do I think he should deal with my ex? Right. And, you know, the thing is that when we are in our midlife, right. In our, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, most of us are going to come with baggage. So we're all going to have past relationships and children and we come with a whole life, um, you know, before we, we met our current significant others. So it's something that none of us can avoid and we're all going to have to deal with in some regard. So this podcast, I was thinking about it and I said, you know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, situations out there right now with exes and we see it every day on television and, and, and on these crazy shows where, you know, people are murdering their exes and all kinds of crazy things, crazy. So I wanted to talk a little bit about it. So let's, uh, talk about, um, first of all, our happiness, right? Most of us, when we move on from our ex, whether it was our choice or not, we come to a conclusion eventually, maybe not right away, that we're better off, right? That, you know, we're happy that we have moved on. I do believe that everything happens for a reason. I'm one of those people that believes in that corniness, but I find that it's often true. And if anything, sometimes, you know, ending a relationship is a blessing in disguise. And I think it often depends on how we view it and how we react to, to the situation. Um, so I think for the most part, when we move on from our ex, the thing to focus on is how do we make ourselves happy going forward after that situation? Nobody, it, moving on from a relationship, especially a long-term one, is very difficult. It's not easy for anyone, whether your relationship is three years, five years, seven years, 20 years, 30 years. Of course, 
the longer the relationship, the harder it's going to be. But the only thing I find that we can control is our own actions, our own reactions, our own happiness. So I would say the very first thing, after you allow yourself to feel whatever it is that you're feeling, whether you're feeling anger or hurt or regret or frustration or, you know, pain, allow yourselves to feel that. I think that's important. But also I feel that once you've, you're maneuvering or you're moving through those different stages, it's important to, you know, immediately try and to find ways to make yourself happy. Because here's the thing, ultimately, I think what's going to bring us to a fulfilling relationship is for us to know how to make ourselves happy. You want to get involved in a relationship with someone who's already happy, with someone who doesn't need you, because that means that that person is whole without you. It's less pressure. It's you're both bringing value. So it's important that we know what makes us happy and how to make ourselves happy and not depend on someone else for that happiness. So when you do that, you have the ability to get into a relationship and a healthy state of mind, right? And that's going to allow you to be able to deal with circumstances that that other person might bring to the table or with their baggage. So imagine if you're getting into a relationship with unresolved baggage that you haven't necessarily taken care of or that you're still going through. That's going to filter into the, it's going to spill into the relationship that you're trying to build this brand new relationship. So it's better for you to have your own stuff together and your own feelings and control. And, and even if it means going to therapy and getting help, I think it's important for us to have ourselves together. That's going to help us deal with whatever the next person brings. So, um, the first thing to dealing with our significant other's exes is to know that, first of all, anyone that you get involved with is going to bring baggage, especially if they're in their 40s and their 50s. So you have to accept that and you have to accept the fact that they had a life before you. And whether that life is, is something that's real to you or something that you didn't believe in, that that's irrelevant. It doesn't matter because it wasn't your life. The example I can give is, you know, let's say I'm in a relationship now and I met my significant other and he was married, you know, for a period of time, let's say 20 years. And I've been married for 20 years. He and I are now in a relationship. I cannot um, diminish or belittle his previous relationship just because I now know who he is today and say, oh, how could you have married that person? Or I don't understand how you lasted with that person. You know, you can't do that because when you do that, then you're questioning or you are judging basically the person that you're in a relationship with. So basically their past relationships, you should navigate with no judgment because the, the relationships were based on decisions that they made that had nothing to do with you. So for you to pass judgment on their past relationship is, is inconsequential. Like it just has no bearing on your current relationship. So you have to really be careful with passing judgment on how they handle their past relationships and focus on your current relationship. 
Um, the other thing I would say in terms of um, navigating your exes, your current um, partner's ex is when there are children involved, right? The thing with children is when there's kids, you will be forever attached to that person. Whether your children are five, three, 10, 20, 30, 40, it doesn't matter because remember, once your kids grow up, then come the grandchildren and your, your ex-husband or your ex-wife is going to be part of that child's life. So you're all, that ex will never go away. If you were married once before and you have children with that person, that person is forever tied to you through those kids, through the grandkids. So whoever's in your current life has to accept that, right? So that in itself is a challenge. And as adults, we have to put those kids first. The stability of those kids, the financial, emotional, and mental stability of those children or those kids, regardless of whether they're young or older, has to come first before our own needs. You know, these kids didn't ask to be born into the world. We have to set an example. So oftentimes that means putting our own feelings and our own needs aside and focusing on them. And how do you navigate that, right? It's, it's difficult. How do you navigate blending the families together? And how do you navigate um, judgment from the other parent? And I'll give you, I'll give you a little bit insight into my situation. Um, I have an ex, right? We were married for over 20 years. We have one son. And he and I are, I would say 95% of the time we're on the same page when it comes to our son. That's the one thing I have to say that's been relatively easy for me to navigate is most of the time we are on the same page. So it's not much of a struggle. So for me to give opinions on folks that are not on the same page with their kids is difficult, but I do have other scenarios where I do have friends who have not been on the same page with their ex, with their kids. Um, so, but I will tell you is because my ex and I are on the same page, bringing in another person who has kids as well, it's very difficult sometimes because they have their own thoughts about how they raise their kids. So my current partner, he has a son as well. He was married for a long period of time and he has his own way of thinking how kids should be raised. And early on in our relationship, I made it known only because I've navigated this in the past with other potential partners. Um, don't, give me opinion on my kids. My kids are my kids. I raised them with my ex. It's not like I'm living with my current boyfriend. We're not living together. We are in a committed uh, long-term relationship, right? But we don't live together. So it's not like however I'm raising my kid has any impact on his life. Um, basically, my attitude is my child, my kid has a father. He, you're not coming into the picture to be a father to my child. That doesn't mean that every situation is like that, right? Because if my son was, let's say, really little, like one or two, and now I'm remarried in a, in a different type of, I'm married to someone else, and he's helping to raise that child, it's a little different. So that's why I'm saying every circumstance is different. In my case, I don't, necessarily uh, consider my partner so much in how I raise my son because those decisions 
I work out with my son's father. I do know that there are times when he will have an opinion and there may be times when I have an opinion about him and his son, but I navigate it really carefully for many reasons. One is his son is nothing like my son and vice versa. They're two completely different kids. So what works for my son wouldn't work necessarily for him. The other thing, which I think is the most important that we need to consider is I raised my son alone from the time that he was 11. And I don't mean alone in that I didn't have a backup or, or people to, to run to if I ran into help. But what I mean is my, his dad wasn't living with us. And when you are a part-time parent, whether it's your choice or not, right. Or the circumstances dictate for you to be a part-time parent, it's not the same. Okay. So I'm not going to take advice from someone who's a part-time parent when I'm a full-time parent, you understand what I'm saying? So this is what I mean. Um, when you're a full-time parent, you have a choice to make with your kids. We often find ourselves negotiating with our kids, whether we're negotiating it verbally out loud, or we're doing it in our heads, we pick our battles because if we don't, we would constantly be fighting with our kids. Right. And that's not an environment that was, that was comfortable for me to create for my son. So I never wanted to uh, be fighting with my son all the time. So there were times when I would let him get away with certain things that maybe if a second parent was in the house with me, I wouldn't let him get away with because there would be a balance of good and bad. But what I'm not going to be is bad cop 24-7 because then that would create a not so good of a relationship between my son and I. So what I'm saying is that when my partner comes into the picture and says, oh, well, you shouldn't let him do this or he should do that. And my attitude is whether it's right or wrong, but like I'm saying, this is how I feel. I say, when you're raising your son full time, then you can give opinions, but you're not. It's very different when you're a part-time parent. Now, I'm not saying that the differences are are big, but there are differences. You know, as a part-time parent, first of all, you get to be a parent most of the time when it's convenient for you, okay? Unless you're working things out through the courts, okay? But when you're kind of working, navigating this on your own with your ex, you know, they get to step in and out of parenthood whenever they feel like it. But whenever there's a parent at home with that kid 24-7, we don't have that luxury, It's very different when you're stepping into parenthood when it's convenient for you because you're in a different state of mind. For us mothers, a lot, single mothers, and I'm not going to say that there aren't single fathers out there because there are. For single parents, it's very difficult because our moods are, you know, a lot of times we're under stress, we're under deadlines, we're not healthy, we've got other family members we're dealing with, we have other stresses of life, and then we have these kids running around, going, driving us crazy, who have their own things to deal with, and now we have to, it's very difficult. It's a very different scenario. So what I try to do between my partner's um, ex And I try to create with my current partner is that I set boundaries in what's allowed and not allowed in terms of talking about kids. Right. So he and he and his ex-wife have certain ways of dealing with their kids. And I don't participate in that. That's not for me to deal with. That's his situation. Um, If he asks me for my opinion, I certainly have an opinion and I'll give it. But even when I give my opinion, I'm very careful. And I remember that not all kids are the same and not all circumstances are the same, right? 
you know, his ex lives in a completely different environment than my son lives in. So kids are going to be different. So I navigate when it comes to kids, you have to be really, really careful um, when you're dealing with exes. And I find that the the more uh, boundaries you defined up front and to what you allow and what's not allowed, the better off you're going to be down the road. The other thing I would say is, and I don't, and I've not experienced this, thank God, because I can't imagine how I would deal with it is when you have small children, right, that can't communicate. I'm going to tell you something. If my ex had walked out on me when my son was a year old or two, I don't know how this would have gone down because I don't think now, again, it all depends on how it's done in the circumstances, but my circumstances of divorce were not nice, meaning there was adultery involved. There's no way I would want this adulterous person near my son, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, it's just, I'm human. That's just the way it is. Especially somebody who doesn't have kids, has no experience with kids as far as I know. And in my opinion, had no values and no, in fact, I will tell you a little tidbit. I found emails um, and how she was trying to tell my ex how to be with kids and how it was to, for divorce, for kids, be, basically telling him, hey, you know, it's okay for you to walk out on your family. Kids are resilient. They'll survive. Who are you to say that? You don't have any kids. So what I'm saying is that every circumstance is different. But when it comes to kids and exes, you have to be careful and you have to be um, realistic in your expectations. You cannot expect an ex to disappear when there's children involved, okay? I cannot expect my partner's ex-wife to be a non-participant in our relationship some way, somehow, when they're tied, they are bound together for the rest of their lives through that child. I just think that boundaries have to be set up. The other thing I would say is if there are decent circumstances and where you do separate or you do divorce and it's a it's a mutual thing and you realize it's the, in the best interest of your family, then there's nothing wrong with involving that ex in parenting and how you parent, right? Like if my son was going to go spend time with his father and his new partner is, you know, his new girlfriend, then she and I would have to sit down and go through, hey, this is what I like. I need him to go to bed at this time. I don't like him to snack at this time. But you know what? You also have to be realistic in that, yes, they're going to follow that plan, but it's not going to be to the letter. So though you may not want your kid eating pizza every day, there might be three days out of the week where they are eating pizza. And is that the end of the world? Not really. Not really. So you have to pick your battles with the exes as well. You can't be so rigid. Because that person is not you and their lifestyle is not the same as yours. So you can't expect things to be exactly the same in your household as it is in your ex's household when it comes to your children. So you have to be expect, um, realistic in the expectations. The other thing I would say is when there are no kids involved and there's no other ties, then when you get into a new relationship, you have to say, hey, how do you handle your exes? Are you friends with any of them? Do you have close relationships with any of them? Because sometimes I have very good relationships with my exes. We're friends. We we don't see each other, but now with social media, through the power of social media, you can kind of somewhat keep up with each other's lives and, and figure out what's going on. And 
texting and all that. So I don't see them. I haven't seen my exes in years, but I certainly know what they're up to. I know that they're in relationships and I know where they're working and I know those type of things. And you need to discuss that with your partner. Is your partner okay with that? You know, and then you have to make a decision. I tend to come from a school of, I did everything by the book when I was married, meaning anything that made my ex uncomfortable, I made sure he didn't have to experience it. I wasn't, I didn't have male friends when I was married. And because he used to be the the jealous type, he grew out of that eventually, but um, he used to be the jealous type. So I never had male friends. Well, now that I, I learned that, look, whether I had male friends or not, look what happened. Now I'm from the school of, look, they're my friends. If you're in my life and you trust me, then you have to deal with it. I'm sorry. Unless someone is a direct threat to our relationship, there's no reason for me to cut off friends. So again, it's through talking and discussing these things with your current partner. The other thing I would say too, depending on the circumstances is oftentimes it's good to take the high road. Like here, here's the deal, right? A lot of times we are resentful of being dragged into certain situations that we don't want to partake in. We don't want to be participants in the drama. So here's the one time when you get to decide, thank God that's not my baggage. Thank God that's your baggage and you can stay out of it. You get to actually have that choice and you're not going to take it. Take it. That's their drama. If if I was involved with someone who had a relentless ex-wife who had all these, this drama going on or who was, you know, my relation, as long as it didn't interfere with my relationship to the point where I was losing sleep over it, I wouldn't get involved. I would be like, look, that's your mess. That's your thing to handle, not mine. I don't have to deal with it. So taking the high road sometimes is something that we can do and we should do. I'm not saying that we can always do that, right? Because sometimes the exes drag us in, even when we don't want to be participants, but in the, in the times when you can stay out of it, why not? You know, I'll give you one way to stay out of it is limit social media interactions, right? So one of the things that I told that I did when my ex and I split up, and let me tell you, our families were married together. I was extremely close to his family. They were my family. So it was very difficult for me. But when he walked out and he left, I cut everybody off. They're no longer my family. They're his family because I knew there was already somebody else in the picture. It wouldn't be fair to me to have to witness that and live it through social media and see those interactions while I'm going through my pain and trying to heal. And it also wouldn't be fair, though I could... I couldn't care less about what's fair to the mistress, but it still wouldn't be fair to her. If she's trying to merge into this new family, she's got to deal with the ex-wife. She's going to have to deal with me regardless anyway, in some way, shape or form, but it didn't have to be magnified. And then the other thing I will tell you is, so I cut everybody off because I didn't want them seeing my process of putting myself back together through social media. I didn't want them to see what was going on in my life so that then they can go back and tell him. Like I really disconnected everybody that had a connection to us both and made them choose. Okay, if you're my friend, that's great. Then you can't be friends with him. And it wasn't because I'm petty. It's because I needed that to be the, the case in order for me to heal. You cannot be partially in their lives unnecessarily. It's different when it's necessary. Look, though I, he, they had no part of my social media, they were still very much a part of my son's life. My son loves his father's family as he should. 
and they're very close, but it wasn't through social media. It was through the normal channels. The other thing I tell you I do, even though my ex didn't care and he was flaunting his mistress all through social media, he still does. You don't see me flaunting my stuff to social media. The people that are on my social media are very private, close friends who have no ties to him whatsoever. And I, otherwise my social media is locked. And the one that is public is very protected because in my mind, there's no reason for that to be out there in a way that's going to either make things worse for anyone, regardless of how I feel. So this girl, whoever she is, why should she have to be checking on my social media or even her friends checking on social media? Cause we do that. We're, we're adults, but we can be petty. Let's be real. So I kept, you know, I really, social media has had a big impact on the way of the world today and privacy. And it's something that in relationships protect your relationships. And I tell my uh, boyfriend now, I said, look, Stop posting our stuff on social media because there have been time when his ex-wife will use it against him in some way, shape or form, not directly, but she does. And I'm and because he still has close ties with some members of her family. And I'm like, stop posting our stuff on social media. Why are you making your life more difficult? It's unnecessary. We're not doing anything that should be hidden or that it's, you know, oh, so private that we don't want anybody to know. That's not it. It's just that People have come to believe that everything they see in social media is fact when it's not. It's a moment in time. And you don't know all the facts. Just because my boyfriend and I are having a fancy meal on some island somewhere doesn't mean that he's the one that paid for it. For all they know, that could have been a gift by, by one of my friends or one of his friends. It doesn't mean that, you know, he's living the good life and not struggling. Social media is a moment in time. And it's not you don't know all the facts. I mean, look at J-Lo and A-Rod, not to, I mean, I'm, you're going to hear J-Lo referenced a lot in here because I'm a huge fan, but look at J-Lo and A-Rod, all those fabulous family pictures and all, everything is great. We're, we're getting married and all the, the, the coverage and the proposal and the magic of it all. And look what happened all behind the scenes. There was all this stuff going on. This is why I say social media is a moment in time. So limit the aggravation that it could possibly be bringing to your life through exes. Just keep that part of your life private. Um, and then the other thing is limit your entanglements. <laughs> That's um, Gina Pickett's famous word. Why get one way to avoid these conflicts, for example, is I don't mix my finances with my, with my boyfriend's. You know, I don't care if we get married. I don't care if we live together. Our finances will not be mixed. Why? Because his son is young. He still has expenses to cover with his son. He still has. And God forbid something happens between us. Guess what? His son is going to be um, the one to inherit money, the one who gets property, the one. Um, why entangle this again? Right. I've already been through it once. And let me tell you to detangle 20 something years of entanglement is very difficult. You know, um, especially when you started, he, my ex and I started when I was 17 years old. So everything we built, we built together. It's 50, 50. Okay. So to detangle that is very difficult. So 
why am I going to put myself in that situation again? I don't want any entanglements in terms of financial entanglements because that's only going to make it worse when it comes to dealing with exes. Um, the other thing is I talked a little bit, I touched on it about being realistic in the roles of the exes. Keep in mind that children are not the only thing that bind exes together. Sometimes it's financial ties, right? Businesses that they start together. Sometimes it's disabilities. One may have a disability. And so when you get involved with someone and they have an ex, you have to be realistic in the expectations of the role that that ex plays in their life. Are they going to be continue to be in their life permanently? Is it a temporary situation? And you have to be open about it. This has to be full disclosure or it's not going to work going forward. So when it comes to exes, you have to be realistic in the role that that ex plays in that person's life. For example, my ex-husband's new girlfriend She's going to have to deal with, look, you're going to have to deal with my son and my and me for the rest of your life because I'm not going anywhere. My son's not going anywhere. When my son gets married, he's going to have grandkids. He's going to have kids, which means my ex and I are going to have grandkids. We're going to be at birthdays. We're going to be at graduations. I'm not going anywhere. I'm sorry. And he and I are tied for life. I don't like it, but that's just the way it is. So her getting involved with a married man, she has no kids of her own. She's half his age. You have to come to expect that. This is the way it's going to be. So you have to be realistic in your expectations. Like I said, children are not sometimes what binds people together. In my case, it's kids and finances um, because we're still very much financially entangled. So it depends on the circumstances and you have to be open about it when you discuss it and you have to be realistic in your expectations. In terms of limit entanglements, like the financial entanglements, also protect your time set boundaries, right? Protect like, you know, Sundays is my, my, my ex's, I'm sorry, Sundays is my current boyfriend's day with his son. I will never get involved in that. Sundays I know are for his son. End of story. I have no business interfering with that. Accept it. And when there's times that he gives up that Sunday for whatever reason, you know what my attitude is? Okay, so you're not going to see him Sunday. When are you going to see him? Because I don't want the, his ex-wife coming after me thinking he gave up that day for me or be, I'm taking time away from the son. No, uh-uh. My attitude is always your son comes first. Okay, you're not seeing your son on Sunday. When are you seeing him? I don't want any problems. So that way, I already know what the expectation is. I don't wait for him to come and tell me. I'm not seeing him on Sunday. And now I go out and I make plans for him and, and, and I to do something on Tuesday. And then he comes back to me and says, oh, I'm sorry. Didn't I mention I'm seeing my son on Tuesday? Remember, I didn't see him on Sunday. So I'm seeing him on Tuesday. No, it doesn't work that way. You're not seeing him on Sunday. I know Sunday's your day. So I'm going to say, okay, you're not seeing him on Sunday. Where are you, when are you seeing him? Because it's important for me for him to have that connection with his son and to give his son that time because that's not only going to be good for his son and for him, but it's also going to be good for the ex-wife. I'm an ex-wife too, so I know what that feels like. So I want her to have her space. So I want her to, to know that, hey, I'm supportive of you and your single motherhood, even though she's gone on and remarried. But I, I need her to know in solidarity, look, I'm with you. We've both been there, done that. We know what it is to be a single mom. I support that. So set those boundaries, 
protect your time um, and, and, and limit interactions when it doesn't concern you. Those are not your kids. It, unless you are financially supporting his kids or unless those kids are living under your roof, unless there's some type of, you know, involvement that you had and that you, you accept it because if you accept to take on someone else's family that you're going into it, knowing that you're doing that, then upfront, you have to set the boundaries and you have to work all, all the adults have to work together to raise the kids and, and work out whatever needs to be worked out. And then how do you manage the social gatherings? That's an interesting one because for me, I will tell you, it, it came up for his son's graduation and he wanted me to go to his son's graduation. Now, at the time we were only together for like a year and he felt it was okay for me to go to his son's graduation because his wife, his ex-wife has remarried right? The kids live with her and her husband. And because she's coming with her husband, he thought it was perfectly okay for me to come along to this graduation. And I said to him, absolutely not for many reasons. First of all, I don't have a relationship with your son. That's first and foremost. Second of all, there's no reason for you to be the creator of any sort of discomfort for anyone who's going to be attending that graduation for the sake of your own ego, because you have to have somebody in your arms the same way your ex had somebody in your arms. No, this is about your son. This is your son's special day, your son's graduation. Now, if I had a relationship with his son and I had spent a lot of time with his son and his son invited me himself, then I would say, okay, as long as it's okay with you and your mom, I'll come. But for my, for my boyfriend to make that decision, I thought actually it was a little selfish. I was like, no, I'm not going to quit your son's graduation. I don't even know your son. I've met him one time. So you have to, again, be honest with yourself and not put your ego in, in place. Just because you're in a relationship with someone doesn't mean you have to do everything together. It doesn't mean that every social gathering, you have to be there together. There's no reason for it. You know, the circumstance, what are the circumstances of the gathering? Who's going to be there? You know, who's this gathering for? What is it about? You know, it's very different. Now, when he invited me early on, we were dating for like maybe three months and he invited me to his cousin's 25th anniversary. No one from his ex-wife's family was going to be there, not even his kids. You know, they were with the mom somewhere and it was basically his family. Okay, then that's a different situation. I'm there. I'm all about it. Let's go. I met his family, great family, and I've gone to his family's gatherings many times, but that's his family. You know, it didn't involve, you know, his kids and his mother's family, you know, it's very different. So talk about those things, you know, manage those expectations and those boundaries, respect your kids' wishes and his kids' wishes, their feelings, because ultimately it's about them. We're adults. We can handle our business, but sometimes kids can't make heads or tails of what they're feeling. They, they feel disloyal to their, their parent who, who they're living with. That's another thing. I always told my son that, Hey, it's okay. Like your dad loves you. Like we're good. You know, I never wanted him to feel like he was not being loyal to me if he wanted to spend time with his dad. So those are some things that, uh, 
have helped me. I'm, I'm not going to say it's easy for everyone because like I said, circumstances are different and pe- not everybody's an adult, right? A lot of us are petty and, and childish and, and selfish and our egos get in the way. So of course it's not going to be clear cut and dry, but one step at a time and one thing at a time. But the one thing you can do is before you get into a relationship with someone, because we are adults already, we are in our second part of our life. We know we're parents. We know what it feels like. These are things that you can definitely lay out in the open, put them out there, test them out too, while you're dating, before you get into a committed relationship and see how it is and see how it goes, see how you know, your partner handles certain situations and talk about it openly. Okay. Anyway, um, needless to say, the one thing you definitely want to stay clear of is comparison. Comparison is the killer of joy. Any type of comparison, stop comparing yourself to others. Stop allowing your ex or some, or your current uh, partner to compare you. Comparison is the killer of joy. So live in your truth, be yourself. Okay. And make yourself happy. Don't rely on someone else to make you happy, but don't allow somebody else too to make you unhappy. Right. Don't I'm happy on my own, but you're not going to come over here and bring this negative energy and make me unhappy. Protect your happiness as well. Um, and then you definitely don't want to get your ego, don't let your ego get in the way of what the truth truly is. Recognize, be self-aware, recognize your ego. When are you speaking from the heart and when is it your ego? And check that. You know, we struggle on a daily basis with our relationship with our egos, right? Our egos are always there talking in our ear, you know, bringing those insecurities to the surface. Check that ego, check that ego. Nothing good can come from the ego. Uh, so that's another thing. And then um, also tip for tat, really, let, let, let's stop. Tip for tat doesn't go anywhere. There's never, it's a vicious cycle. Oh, he did this so I can do that. Then because you did it, I didn't know. You did this or this is how you made me feel when you did this. And there's no need for you to go back and repeat it. Two wrongs don't make a right. Talk about it. Okay. This is how I felt when you said this. This is how I felt when you did this. Talk about it. Okay. But don't get even. Don't, don't, don't do the tip for tat thing. And then, um, the other thing is, um, who's winning? Who's about, you, um, Wendy Williams, another show that, uh, I, I, I like sometimes when she makes those comments when she's comparing couples who get divorced or separated, she'll make a comment and she'll say, oh, as far as I'm concerned, she's winning or he's winning. Who's There's no winning. There's no winning or losing in this. Stop it. There's no winning or losing. Separation is never easy. Divorce is never easy. And when there's kids involved, nobody wins. So stop focusing on I'm going to win or I'm going to do better. I'm going to, no, nobody wins. Nobody wins. Um, that's again, your ego talking. Um, But mainly, uh, you know, besides the point of communication, the most important thing is um, being responsible for your own happiness, setting boundaries, discussing, open discussion about exes freely, freely, um, knowing that, look, yes, they have an ex-wife. Yes, they have an ex-husband, but they're here right now with you and they're happy those are exes. 
They've moved on. We've moved on. We're trying to move on. And just know that just because they have a past life doesn't mean that your present life with this person is not valued. Um, and and it, it shouldn't it shouldn't even be a thing. And if it is a thing, then there's a bigger issue underlying. So anyway, I hope this helps. Um, I recognize too, and I realize that it's not easy for everyone. I've heard horror stories of exes. Not everybody deals with pain and hurt the same way. And some people, it's a vicious cycle. They don't know how to get themselves out of it. Um, I happen to be one of these lucky people that, yes, I experienced a huge amount of pain. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. It was the most horrible thing I'd ever been through. I thank my lucky stars for my son. He's the one that got me through it. But, you know, having had the support from family and friends helped me. And knowing that I always knew, I've always known that I'm responsible for my own happiness. I wasn't going to depend on somebody else to make me happy. So that in itself has helped me to deal with my partner's ex and the other thing I will tell you too, that, um, the last thing I say before I sign off, he speaks very highly of his ex-wife. Um, honestly, he does, he hasn't said anything negative about her and don't get me wrong. They sometimes had their arguments to the point where he brings it to me, meaning he's around me and I could tell his mind is elsewhere. And then when we talk about it later on, he'll tell me what it is. And I just listen quietly. I don't give opinions unless I'm asked. Um, so it does, you know, it, we're human, right? So it's going to sometimes get the better of us. But, um, you know, we, we have to do the best that we can for ourselves. And we have to stay within the parameters that we can control. We can't control everything, but we can control our reactions and our actions. And all we can do as well is be the best person that we can be for ourselves. You can't go wrong with being the best person that you can be for yourself. And um, all the while not purposely hurting others, because that's another thing. You don't want to purposely hurt others. And when you stick to that, everything works itself out. People see through it. I know I know he's told me a couple of times that his ex-wife made comments about me, not anything majorly bad. She's made human comments about me that I would expect her to make because I would make those same comments. And little does she know, I got her back. Little does she know, she may think that I'm taking time away from her son or that um, my boyfriend is, is not being a certain way because of me. And little does she know, I always have her back. I'm always like... You know, but it, do I pick up the phone and tell her, oh, you know, just so you know? No, that's not my problem. What she thinks about me or doesn't think about me has no impact on my life. None. So she can feel whatever she feels, and that's okay. She's human. She's normal. Of course she's thinking. I thought it too. I And I still think it, that my my ex, his girlfriend, takes time away. From, and I happen to know there have been times when my son wanted to do things with my ex that he never did with him, but yet I see it all over social media. He's doing stuff with her that he should be doing with my son, or at least including my son. But I don't pick up the phone and get all dramatic and, and start calling and, and fighting with my... Nope. Nope. I don't do it. I refuse. Because in the end, I have no control over that. The only thing I can control is my reaction and my actions. So I focus on the good. He loves my son. He does what he, what he can for my son, whether it's good or bad for me, good enough for me or not good enough for me, it's irrelevant. 
it's, it is what it is. I cannot change it. And I move on with life and it's worked out. So I think in the situations where we can focus on ourselves in terms of making ourselves happy, setting those boundaries, protecting our peace, that's what we need to focus on. Anyway, I hope this helps. Thank you for tuning in to Musings with Marlo. See you next time.